Today on CityCast Boise, Chef Cal Elliott grew up here but moved to New York City to learn how to cook. 30 years and a Michelin star later, he's back in town with a big dream to restore the historic Avery Building, also known as the Bouquet, and to elevate Boise's taste buds. We talk sexy bathrooms, attention to detail, and are Boiseans adventurous enough eaters for Black Rabbit? It's Tuesday, July 18th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Cal. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, I got to ask you uh, right off the top here, the Blues Bouquet used to be quite the venue back in the day. Did you ever go there when you were young? I did, yeah. The It was the spot where you could sneak in the back door. So, oh my gosh, that was going to be my story. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, as long as you didn't order from the bar and you kind of mm-hmm. like blended into a corner, that was the spot to go when you were in high school. That's so funny because I was like, should I, should I tell him that I used to sneak in? I mean, and... I wish it was high school. Don't let my kids know. Junior high. I mean, ninth grade, we were sneaking in. Yeah. That and the crazy horse, you could sneak in the back door. And it was very rowdy back then. And I'm so happy that you are like revamping that building because I've always loved that space. It's so, so amazing and such a cool spot. Were you in love with it as a kid or did like, was there a reason you came back to it and you you wanted to to bring it back to life? Um, Yeah. I mean, those buildings don't exist. Like these opportunities don't mm-hmm. exist in the world. I mean, it's a chance to renovate a building to what it was and its original intention. You know, it was a hotel and been sitting there vacant for 60 plus years, the upper three floors. And I love the west side of Main Street. You know, I love Western downtown versus get people off of Sixth and Main, you know, like give them a mm-hmm. reason, a reason to come to this side of town. So when I was thinking about Coming back to Boise and leaving New York um, and just kind of looking around, I was just thinking, if I come back to Boise after like 30 years in New York, I have to do something that will keep me interested and motivated and inspired. And mm-hmm. so that building does all of that. So I was really lucky to to be able to to purchase it. And then it's, you know, been eight years trying to get it developed. So it's it's been a lot. Yeah, you're you're like me. You're, we're part of this small group of people who, you know, grew up here, moved away to a big city. In your case, New York. Uh, I lived all over. I didn't live anywhere classy, mostly like Gulfport, Mississippi, and things like that. But you learned a bunch of incredible things, and you really accomplished like some incredible stuff. Like you have a Michelin star at one of your restaurants, and you were reviewed by the New York Times, and then you returned to little old Boise. And I'm wondering, like, what brought you back here? I think family for the most part, right? My parents are, are in their 80s um, and they were great parents. So I feel like to come back and and show them some love and, you know, being away from them. For, I mean, there was like a, a 10, 15 year period. I was working so much, you know, when you're in kitchens, you're doing 80 hour, 90 hour weeks that I, I didn't get back at all. So it's nice to be back in. And Boise was changing. It's I feel like it, it was kind of ready for something like the Avery. You know, I feel like I want to bring something back to my hometown that can inspire people and has value and that other people aren't doing. And so it was uh, just kind of kismet. Like it all kind of came together. Super lucky and fortunate. 
That's how they get you as family. That's what happened to me. I when I was 19 left and I was like, never coming back to this town. And then I was like, I miss my mom, you know, and you end yeah. up coming back. Well, you already have the Little Pearl uh, Oyster Bar downtown, but now you and your wife, Ashley, are opening the Avery, which is actually really three businesses in one historic hotel, uh, totally restored, by the way, gorgeous, gorgeous rooms, incredible, uh, fine dining restaurant and a classic but very upscale English pub style bar. How uh, are you doing that? How are you doing that? Have you slept at all in the last five years? <laughs> well, we opened Little Pro when she was just about to have our daughter, Levi Rose. Oh so we have a three-year-old. So yeah, it's we are crazy. <laughs> That's the only explanation. <laughs> yeah, all of that with a three-year-old, huh? And sleep? No, sleep is not something that I get to take part in too much. Um, yeah. But that's okay. It seems like renovating that building, um, it's been super neglected, and I'm sure it has to be crazy expensive, more expensive than just building a new thing altogether. But also, it's not like common in Boise. Why do the hard thing here? Like like you said, not many people would do that. They would just build a new space. Um, but you are doing this really difficult thing. I think you're right. Boise kind of always goes for the low-hanging fruit. It just, you can see it with the architecture and, and the development. And it's always kind of the old boys club here that, you know, sit at a country club and divide the city and, and are willing to sell it out to the first chain that shows up. I mean, I spent 30 years in New York, you know, opened my own restaurant there. So difficult things kind of. It's your jam. Yeah, it's my jam. <laughs> it's I opened a restaurant in 2008. So there you go, across from Section <laughs> 8 housing in New York. So in Brooklyn, so. You know, can't come back to Boise and do something easy. Yeah. Well, tell me about the two bars in the building. One is in the Avery restaurant and the other's in, uh, is it Tyner's Alley? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Tyner's Alley. So it's named after the Tyner family who built the building. So we kind of wanted to rename that, rename that alley because, uh, you know, that alley is where everyone goes from Neuralux to 10th Street. And it's like basically urine alley. They just go back there, you know. You didn't want to name it urine alley? You didn't <laughs> I think didn't. that was I sketchy? <laughs> I think it was already named that, so I'm trying to rename it. And I'm trying to, that alley is going through rebranding right now. Well, I know that both of those um, bars have stories behind them. Do you mind sharing them? Sure. So uh, Tyner's Alley Bar, is it's the bar that it's been in Boise for 120 years it came out of the overland hotel so it's a it's a brunswick bar it's a delmonico so it's got its little certification it was built in 1903 with honduras mahogany so that tree doesn't even exist anymore so it's a true a true relic and it was in the a bouquet it, it, the original bouquet before urban renewal and then the barrows when urban renewal happened they moved into that space what, where it is now. And so it's been there since 1972. So it's been in that building since 1972. So oh, we wow. just, we moved it back to the back. And so it's kind of like holds that back Tyner's Alley, which is, yeah, kind of like an English tavern. And then the Avery Bar is the bar that I, I had in my restaurant in New York. Um, and I bought that. It's a it's a, also a Brunswick bar. It's got a mahogany top, like 21 foot mahogany top with no seams bunch of old cigar burns in it where you can tell that it it was you know super old pre-prohibition bar um so we put a lot of history in an already historic building so i kind of just paying homage to to the time and and the place and um hopefully people enjoy it yeah i imagine as you're remodeling it has to feel almost like an archaeological dig or something like as you've been updating it have you uncovered anything like surprising or weird or or cool 
Yeah, I keep waiting for the money, you know, for the money to fall out of the drywall, <laughs> but it never happened. No, there was just uh, a few old postcards that were pretty cool um, and a couple old bottles that, you know, we dug up because we dug out the basement, but nothing, nothing super, super cool. The rooms look so beautiful. And I, I, did I read correctly that your wife designed them? Is that right? She, like, pretty much everything she touched, every piece of interior she she had her hands on. So um, she's definitely the one to thank for for the way it looks. She had a vision. And and as you know, it's like it's it's hard. You have to stand up for yourself. Everybody in this town wants, you know, they wants to tell you that something's impossible or that it's too expensive or that basically just they can't do it. And you have to go go make it happen on your own and, and let them know like, no, this we're not on an island here. Like these things are possible. Like they happen in other cities and they happen in other places. You know, this this can happen. So that's kind of how this project's been, you know, throughout. You know, every, when I bought the building, everybody told me that I was crazy and it needed to be condos or office spaces. And like, look at what office happened to office spaces during COVID. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, that's very true. Um, I was prepared. I was going to tease you uh, because I saw in another article, like I think maybe when you first bought the space, you said that the bathrooms were going to be very sexy. And I was going to make fun of you for that. But then I looked and the bathrooms are so sexy. Um, (laughs) There's that soaking tub and they're just like actually super gorgeous. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to stay there, even though I'm local. Have you heard that from a lot of local people? You know, we haven't gotten a chance to open and and let people experience it, but... um... I hope I hope they think that. I think that Ashley did such a good job with the interiors because, you know, the smaller the room, the more important it is that it gives you a vibe and a feeling. And and everybody that walks through it says, "Oh, it doesn't feel like Boise. It kind of feels like you could be anywhere." You know, mm. it's kind of kind of timeless, but also modern. Um, so I think we were we were trying to respect the building, but also bring you know some modern, beautiful touches. Do you have a favorite thing uh, that Ashley designed? Do you have a favorite like element? I think all the hallways, like all the runners that she designed, all the carpet choices she picked out, um, and pretty much just the overall feel. I mean, I think she nailed it with kind of a modern elegance, you know, a timeless elegance, probably. Like so, you know, you can't you can't cheat that building. You can't fake that building. I mean, it's 120 years old. You know, I think mm-hmm. all these new hotels will say that they give a historic nod or do this or that. It's like, no, I mean, we, the building's 120 years old. You can't fake that. And those hallways are 120 years old and, and you just have to show respect for it and try to bring them up to, to the modern era, you know? So that's what we tried to do. Let's talk about Boise's food scene for a minute. I'm curious, because you were gone for 30 years. Uh, how has it changed in the time that you've been gone? And how has it remained the same? <laughs> yeah, I think it's it wants to do things. I think there's people here that, <laughs> that are kind of yearning for, um, for good food and maybe more diversity. Um, everybody talks about it, but then everything that opens is kind of pizza, burger, taco, uh, you know, another... <laughs> another version of a pub you know how 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 big a tv can we get in a small space or a big space so i mean it i hope it changes it's hard to get product here every you know you you talk to the purveyors and it's kind of what comes first the chicken or the egg you know 
no one really trusts the customer here, right? They don't trust that like if you do something interesting that the customer will appreciate it and that there's a market for it. So everybody, like you said, everyone just kind of hedges their bets and, mm-hmm. you know, th- throws kind of everything at a menu. What do you think Boise's food scene is missing? Like, uh, what would you love to see more of? Well, I think just diversity, just, mm-hmm. you know, like some ethnicity. Some, I think that there's no mom and pop places. There's no hole in the walls. Everything is just kind of cookie cutter chain, kind of the spaces too. You can't get, you can't go to a restaurant that's has sexy lighting. Oh my gosh. You're, you and my husband are going to be best friends. <laughs> it's all he ever talks about. Some crazy lighting <laughs> or some like, you know, some cone light that's shining right in your face and mm-hmm. you know, everything's too bright. And um, so, I mean, I, I, anything, any, anybody that took care and in, in the dining room and also the kitchen, I mean, I think Boise's, Boise's ready for it. I think people will flock to it, but I mean, it's, I think they're intimidated, right? They're intimidated by a space that they don't understand. So if you mm-hmm. build like a smaller, sexy place that has good food, they're like, we don't need big city in here. We don't, you know, I, I think they almost feel like you're questioning their intelligence when all you're trying to do is offer them something different than what's here. Yeah. And they're like, they, they're all uppity about it. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, I was born and raised here. What are you crazy? Like I'm, Boise or Boise or whatever, like that thing didn't exist when I was growing up. Like you have to say Boise, like this weird localism is so weird. Like I'm from the 208. Like, yeah, it used to be you wanted to get out of the 208. Like, what do you, (laughs) what is this? You know, you wear a shirt that says I'm from here. You know, it's very strange. So you don't have a a shirt of Idaho (laughs) is a gun shooting a tree. I'm assuming. I don't. (laughs) I don't have that shirt. I need to get it. I need to get the hat and the shirt. You're going to be real Boisean, apparently. Yeah, we're not exactly the most adventurous eaters here, are we? Um, Are you going to like bring your menu to a place where you're meeting Boise's taste buds kind of in the middle? Or are you trying to get people to be more adventurous? I mean, we have quail, we have rabbit on the menu. Um, you know, we have a dry aged cote de bouffe. Um, we have duck. All those things to me are super approachable. And uh, they're hard products to get in Boise because, you know, purveyors don't bring them in because restaurants don't sell them. So that's kind of the challenge, trying to bring interesting product in. You have to you have to be really aggressive and do it yourself. And it's cost prohibitive, right? Like if it's not here and not accessible, then you're going to pay more money for it. And that's kind of the challenge is for me as a chef and a restaurateur is how do I create an interesting menu and have it be viable, right? Where where you have to pass that cost onto the customer and are they going to be able to afford it or want to, you know, it's like they pay a lot of money for a steak at Chandler's, but they don't always understand anything beyond that. Well, give us give us a little tease here. Uh, what's a menu item uh, that people can check out at the Avery or Tyner's Alley that you you know they're going to love? Uh, so in Avery, I think that we have we have a, a dish called Black Rabbit, and it's a, a rabbit saddle that's stuffed with um, rabbit confit and much, mushroom duck cell, and then it's it's rolled and wrapped in bacon, um, and we make a gastric with the rabbit bones. And the black part is the black, we have a 52 ingredient mole that we serve it with. And then it comes with seasonal vegetables, kind of the idea being like what a rabbit would eat, you know? So the whole dish kind of, I think it makes sense and has purpose and is 
delicious and super approachable for someone in Boise that's like, you're not like, oh, you know, you're not eating intestines or or um, anything like that, any offal, or you're not asking them to eat tripe. So um, I think that's a dish that maybe people could branch out a little bit and, and try. And then in Tyner's Alley, I think we have we have a full English breakfast back there, super traditional, like, you know, we have, we make our own sausage, we braise pork belly, we, you know, have the beans and the HP sauce and, you know, uh, the fried tomatoes and the fried mushrooms. So I think, you know, anyone that's been to England and knows about a full English breakfast can like partake in the back breakfast for dinner. What's better than that? Well, that sounds amazing. I'm wondering, like, you're talking about the lighting and I'm thinking you're going to just have this gorgeous space with this gorgeous lighting and all this, you know, this sexy, fun interior. But then you have Boise and we're such a like casual town, you know, people are going to be showing up in Tevas and the Avery is going to be very upscale. How do you think that's going to go? Are you going to have to beg people to put on shoes or? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just the world we live in, right? Like I Mm. think that, I think all the kids in the tech companies in San Francisco ruined it for everyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> we want to be an approachable restaurant, but our waiters wear ties. You know, we're not we're not snooty or anything, but you know, we wanna we wanna make sure that, you know, you're spending thirty dollars on an entree. We should take it seriously. Yeah, it seems like you have the, on the one hand, everybody in Boise always complains, there's nowhere to dress up and get like dolled up to go. And then when we have somewhere, they're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to put on pants, you know, (laughs) I don't want to get too dolled up. But yeah, um, one last question, since you've moved back, what's your favorite thing about being back in Boise? Uh, Just my family. Yeah. Just like being able to sit in a yard and, and have peace and quiet and listen to a little three-year-old girl laugh. I mean, yeah, that sound that's, that's how they get you. Like I said, nothing better, right? Can't beat it. Well, Cal, thank you so much for your time and good luck with the Avery and Tyners. Uh, Both sound incredible and I can't wait to check it out. Uh, We look forward to to, uh, hosting you. Speaking of feeding your neighbors, the Caldwell Flying M community fridge is full of meals and snacks for hungry folks in need. Stocked by Canyon County Mutual Aid, the fridge also has feminine hygiene products from the Boise Period Project, diapers, and non-perishable canned goods. Flying M co-owner Tori McKim tells Boise Dev that anyone is welcome to donate to the community fridge. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, check out our website for our helpful online guides to the city. We'll be back tomorrow morning for a chat about Boise's best pools. Bye.